0: you
1: Podcast, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com coming to you live from the place of Franklin Estates in the west end of Richmond, where it is uh, Tuesday, March 22nd. Uh, Virginia's back in the Sweet 16 for the second time in three years, and we are going to talk about that because that seems like something you should talk about. Um, the crew is back. Uh, as always, so I want to go around and introduce everybody before we we, uh, we get started on this here uh, podcast uh, tonight First, uh, we'll go out to uh, Waynesboro, David Spence, welcome back to the podcast sir
2: Thank you Brad, David Spence, I'm who days on the board now and who days on Twitter
1: And staff writer Justin Ferber is also back on the podcast as always, Ferber, welcome back
0: Thank you. add uh, Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter
1: and Cavs Corner is also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner, great place for our in-game updates, content items, uh, and the occasional witty banter. Uh, Ferber, you you survived. Uh, f- for those who don't know, Ferber's one of his good friends got married this past weekend. Um, how was it? Are Are you still trying to recuperate? Uh, have you fully recuperated? Did you go to work today and or yesterday? Um, tell the people how you feeling.
0: Um, I'm fine. Uh, felt actually decent yesterday. It was a long weekend, but I was good to go. It was a good trip, though. Great wedding. Had a good time. Missed a lot of basketball, but that's all right.
1: Yeah, you say that as if, uh, you know, if, if can you imagine if Virginia had lost and then you would had to come back on the podcast and be like, yeah, I don't really know what happened, guys, because I didn't really get to watch it. Did you get to
0: watch the Virginia game? Uh, I've seen some of it now. Um, obviously, I kind of followed it on my phone, but it was during the reception, so I didn't want to like have my phone out on the table you didn't in the want middle to be that of a reception.
1: Huh? You didn't want to be that dude.
0: Nah, no, no. that's all right.
1: So, the Cavaliers come out and absolutely pound the crap out of Hampton. Um, I mean, they found a the gear in that game. I just was like, dang. And then they come back two nights later, uh, and, and, they, and they beat um, Butler in a game that was very interesting for a variety of reasons. Most notably, the way that Virginia had to kind of go back to that four guard lineup. How many teams have a have a lineup like that that just works and they but and they only bring it out of the bullpen when they absolutely have to and it still works. Like, think about that. Like they go four guard against Clemson and they handle what needs to be handled. They do that against Butler and they're able to pull away. But the the thing that stuck out to me about that game, aside from just how ridiculous it is that you can put Malcolm Brogdon on pretty much anybody, um, is how ridiculous the offensive was the offensive pr- production um when you look at the second half oh they should like 73% i think was the number that's just that's just absurd yeah. and it's not like butler wasn't playing defense i mean they're not a great defensive team but it wasn't like they were playing you know horribly it was just virginia was it was was just was just was just, was just in groove man um that was i think the most the biggest takeaway from that game to me was you know what this offense is is primed um now can they Keep it going. That's, I guess, kind of the question, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, seventy three percent doesn't even tell the story because what was it, three or four of those misses turned into putbacks. So, I mean, the efficiency in that second half per possession was outrageous. Um, I think it was a point it was and just, a half per possession. Right?
1: Point and a half per possession. Is that right?
2: Yeah, something like that. It was. On, yeah, I think. Yeah, one. Yeah, one. One point five. It was like the only time um, I've ever
1: really used like actual analytics. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: it was good. I mean, it was, yeah. Um, like I said, it wasn't like they were getting wide open shots; it was good. just working the ball. I mean, it, it was a pretty, If we could do that more, we'd be we'd win a lot.
1: <laughs> uh, Ferber, what I, I don't know what parts you've seen, but to me, um, a, as they go forward, I, I kind of thought that not only did you get you know a steady contribution from from Brogdon and, and Anthony Gill. But you really got lots of aggression from Mariel Shayok, and and I kind of wonder, as we look back at this season, you know that hand injury he suffered, wrist hand whatever, uh, down in Charleston, and then you know he he had some issues there. he had a you know he took a bump uh, in practice, and I think he was suffered with some concussion like symptoms. Um, I think that in the big picture, like he could be. I don't want to. I don't want to like just go like super. You know, oh, easy X-Factor. Like, I'm not going to go that far. Um, but, like, to me, when I'm looking at the matchups they might have going forward and I'm trying to figure it out, like, we all think, like, any any contributions they get off the bench are, are huge, right? Like, if it's Toby, if it's Nulty, you know, or even if it's Devin Hall who starts. But, to me, Shaq's aggressiveness is the thing that that could really separate this team Am I do you guys think I'm off base there do you agree I kind of feel like that aggressiveness is the is the is really the thing um that can catapult this team to being a significant final 4 national championship contender
0: Yeah I totally agree I think the, and this is something that we talked about a couple weeks ago on the podcast about how some of these role players that they have need to be a little bit more aggressive and not just have a lot of like Malcolm doing one-on-one stuff and everybody standing around watching um, and I think Marielle, you know, he, he's shown an ability to, um, be aggressive. I think Dave on Twitter said that he has a lot of no, 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 yes moments, um, during that game. And I would totally agree with that, but for the most part, it works out for him. So, I mean, he needs to keep that going. And, uh, I mean, obviously not just that down the stretch of this season, but that's something that would be huge for UVA going forward after they lose a lot of guys that, our key scores, and I think you saw an assertiveness from everybody in that second half, or that's how it seemed to me anyway, watching that they came out kind of like fired up and ready to go and just being like really aggressive towards the basket right. with AG and Malcolm and Mario especially.
1: Yeah, and I thought Devin's aggressiveness too was something that um, you know, I thought he, he even though, I mean, I think sometimes, for, sometimes he seems to be the lightning rod for fans like I think people are just hypersensitive to any mistake he makes, but his aggressiveness is a good sign always to me um, because that's a – one, I think that means that it puts pressure on the, on the opposing team because otherwise, you know, guys are just going to satellite. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it forces them to, to, to have to account for him. And when he's aggressive driving to the basket, that opens up opportunities for other guys either, you know, for uh, on the kick or to, to fill the space he left. Um, so I kind of feel like aggressiveness in general is good for this team. Whenever Virginia is the actor, as Roy Williams said that night, Whenever they're the actors and not the reactors, I feel like the Cavaliers are in a much better spot, and I think that's something they really have to do, um, you know, as they go forward.
2: Yeah, and when you, you know, when you talk about whether it's Devin or or Mario, um, just the fact that you know, they normally get the ball late in the shot clock because you know London, Malcolm, and Gill or Toby, whoever's in the post, tend to dominate the ball most of the possession for for good reason. So you know when they that's kind of I think that's where it comes some of the some of the remarks about Devin comes from mm-hmm. normally when Devin gets the ball, it's late, late in the shot clock. I True. Mean, yeah, so if he hesitates, it, it's not a good thing. So, and it's not like Shayak hit some easy shots the other night too. I mean, he just stepped into a couple of really tough jumpers with confidence. And, you know, I think you, I think we had talked about it off the, um, in, in the real world, not on the podcast <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, uh, you watch, you watch Mario shoot around in a you know, pregame, and he's got such a, a pretty jumper. Um, Not, I, I kind of, I think I made the comment that you know if he could learn to control his aggression, kind of like Malcolm does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, use his tempo. Who knows what his ceiling is? And then you made the point that his his kind of hundred percent motor might be why he's having success. And I think, sad, you know, the the Butler game, I think it was that it was mm-hmm. every time he touched the ball, it was like a little. You know roadrunner
1: yeah well it was like it was almost like you, you, you if you played video games before there's always like a turbo button you know like when you're yeah. when you're making the guy run as fast as possible and it seems like every move he makes somebody's mashing that button like he, he there is you know even if it's not necessarily the best shot he's doing it you know his way I mean he's doing it Um and I think sometimes Virginia has a tendency, at offensively, to kind of get in these spots where, like, there's too much passing. Like, to, like at some point, man, somebody's got to shoot. And I think they've really done a good job in the last few weeks of kind of settling into that. And the the, the interesting piece to me is, like, the response to everybody – to everybody. So, like, when Marielle's got it cooking, like, the the response that – like, the, the way that that kind of energizes the rest of the group. When Devin's being aggressive – you know when Anthony is in there, just you know doing his his you know full on Chris Long no no bottom to the tank thing. Um, that I mean that do, I really do think that that separates this team from being just really good to being potentially championship worthy. Um, and in order for them to obviously to get there, they got they got to go through Iowa State this this Friday night in Chicago. Um, an interesting matchup just because you got a contrast of styles. Um, Iowa State currently second in the nation in adjusted offensive efficiency. Um, one of the um, one of the best teams, you know, offensively in the country, obviously. Um, you know, adjusted tempo. I think they're I think they're in the top fifty five, sixty, something like that. Um, now I'm looking at it, it's fifty. All right, they're fifty six. If if you if you if you thought of a more contrasting style, I don't know what it would necessarily be. I mean, because everybody knows Iowa State wants to get up and go, wants to get down the floor. Everybody knows Virginia doesn't. <laughs> um, typically, these matchups favor the Cavaliers in the sense that it's really pretty much impossible to speed Virginia up. Um, let's let's kind of break this down. I don't want to completely spoil uh, what will eventually be Ferber's uh, preview later this week, but um, how, how are we feeling about this matchup? I, I told Dave – before uh, before we got Ferber on the line, that I'm I don't know from Virginia's point of view, I'm just not really worried about this. I mean, maybe it's because I I mean, a game like this, I need to see a team that is not deliberate be deliberate before I can assume that it's going to happen. Um, but maybe that's just me. What do you guys think?
2: I mean, I think it's 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 a good matchup. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna run into too many cupcakes at this point in the tournament. So. Um, Although further down in the bracket, we could argue that um, you know, given the fact that yeah, you know, Iowa State's better defensively this year than they were, you know, under Hoiberg, um, but it's it's many of the same pieces. Uh, I don't know. They, I'm trying to think of a team they remind me of. That's what was, like, I think I mentioned Notre Dame last year, but I think Notre Dame last year um, had a little, yeah. Yeah, maybe Notre Dame last year is a good comparison. I mean, it's probably close. Um, it's
1: probably close.
2: Yeah. I mean, short bench and offensive minded, um, which did, did Notre Dame well in the ACC tournament, but not so much in the in a big run in the NCAAs. Um, they've got, you know, they've got players and they've, it's, it's a team we can't afford to go on a scoring drought against. Uh, it's not a team, you know, if Virginia holds them in the fifties, it's been a heck of a defensive effort.
1: Yeah, that's true cuz if you look at their um I'm I'm looking through their their scores right now. I think the the fewest number of points that they've scored this year is like uh 68, 64. 64 yeah. in a in a win over Oklahoma State. Looks to me to be the 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 fewest. Oh, sorry, they did score 58 uh in the win over uh, I guess Oklahoma State really stomped them. Um so, yeah, you're right. And, and the interesting contrast here in styles isn't just the, the, the pace. It's also, to me, you know, you've got a Virginia team that's top ten nationally in both adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency. Um, hell, they're top six nationally in both Almost of Almost top five. Which, yeah. is, <laughs> which is pretty nuts. I mean, it, it's pretty plain to see why they're number one right now at Kimpom. And, I mean, yeah, other than pace, they're, they're, really, they're really strong <laughs> in just about everything else except for getting to the free throw line. Um, if you look at Iowa State, I mean, yeah, the offense is, is very efficient. They're, you know, have a good effective field goal percentage. They don't really turn it over that much. Um, they're not good at getting to the free throw line either. But defensively, I mean, they're, you know, barely top 100. Um, to me, that's a it, – it also, Dave made this excellent point too. Like, we were, we're, we're, again, while we're waiting on Ferber. Um, if you look <laughs> at it, like, they're basically 500 since January. Um, I mean, that's kind of absurd. I mean, I understand the Big Twelve was a was a strong league, but man, like that's, like that's 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 there are a lot of bad losses in there, you know.
2: Yeah, and they played a really they played the 165th hardest non-conference schedule according to Ken Palm. So that's when they got fat. They were like 12 and one, I think. Yeah. To start the year, and then or 11 and one. Yeah, nine and and zero lost to Northern
1: Iowa. Won the next two, so they were 11 and one going into the (laughs) Oklahoma game. Now they both they play some good teams tight and, and I guess Ferber, we should kinda you're you're kind of the guy I go to when it comes to uh when I when it comes to reality. Um am I overselling uh Virginia in this game, or do you feel like uh do you feel like Iowa State is uh um maybe not necessarily uh a great matchup uh for the Wahoos? Uh
0: I maybe both. I oh, don't know. Okay. Um I think it's more like Like you said, I think Iowa State's going to have to be tested by UVA's defense, and we'll just have to see how they respond to playing slower because I haven't really seen any team recently make UVA play fast Mm -hmm. and have that kind of work for them. So, I mean, if they can slow down and get possessions that work, then they can win the game. Um, Niang, obviously, is a tough matchup for any team. So if if UVA can keep him in check, and by in check, I mean, like, 15 points, because <laughs> uh, I don't think he's not, like, a player that's going to have four. Um, then I think they'll have a good chance to win, but um, at the same time, like like Dave said, it's kind of tough to go through, like, a drought and, and expect this team to just not be able to score against UVA. I mean, they have a very good offensive coach who just um, left and was replaced by another great offensive coach, so... Um, they obviously have the talent and skills to do it, and I think that record that you pointed out is more indicative of their schedule that they played than anything. Right. Um, I mean, they lost a couple of head scratches, but so did UVA. True. Um, and then they they you know they have a tough league where it's very balanced and it not a lot of nights off in that league. Um, so kind of like the ACC, but I mean, I think they're a respectable four seed. Um, I think UVA is rightfully favored. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's not like, I don't think it's a walk in the park.
1: Right. And, and, the, and, and I would agree with that. I, I, I think there's a difference to me between like, if, if, if I was writing the preview for this one, I probably would have it be a seven or eight point game. And it's not necessarily like, I think it's going to be easy per se. I just think that it's, it's to me, the, the conclusion seems to be kind of clear. Um, you do make a good point about their schedule. I mean, they, they did have some weird losses. They lost to, they lost to Baylor. Um, they lost to, um, uh, they lost to Baylor twice, actually. Um, they obviously had that uh, loss to uh, Texas Tech in overtime. But then, you know, e- you mentioned that, like, all right, well, you know, they had some some head scratchers. But a couple of those came in February versus, you know, in Virginia's case, they're, you know, beginning a conference play. But they pushed Kansas. You know, they they lost by seven in, in, uh, in Kansas. And then they lost <laughs> to um, – what are you laughing at? And then they lost. I can't uh, remember where it was.
2: either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then they lost to. Uh, then they lost to Oklahoma by three uh, in the in the Big Twelve uh, tournament. So like, in a way, like I guess I could. I can. I guess I can see this thing going. I can see that point being made on either side. Either the schedule is what it is, and it's tough because you know they're playing the Big Twelve, and they had they had some tough losses at the end of the year to some good teams, um, or. You know they they dropped some head scratchers in February to some of the some of the teams in the Big Twelve that maybe weren't we we've kind of as as the tournaments kind of played out seen that maybe weren't that strong, um, but I, I kind of look at it too from the standpoint of like we we talk a lot about pace you know there's a but I mean if you really think about it like if you look at these numbers and I'm and I'm trying to break them down on Kempom I think that's the fastest game Virginia's played this season was a 68 possession game at George Washington November the 16th all right. I think the slowest game. There's one in the 50s uh, that that fit this, uh, the the um, first Oklahoma State game for Iowa State, but then everything else is 63 and up. All right, so the vast and a lot of these games are in the 70s, if not the 80s. So I mean, you're talking about a team that is so used to playing with 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 more pace, and like and I've made this point on the podcast before, and I and I and I want to underscore it right now, like. There's a different mindset that you have to have in a game where you have 30 less possessions, okay, or you have 20 less possessions. Let's just say it's 20, right? Because every 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 time you have the ball now, it's exponentially more important. Like Virginia lives in a world where every time they have they get the ball, they got to be efficient. And when you look at Virginia's efficiency numbers compared to their pace, it's just kind of absurd, right? That they are four spots back of Iowa State's. You know, in that in that category, so it's not just about how many points you score. It's it's also, I think, about what that pressure does to you, because every time you get the ball, you got to do something with it. You know, you can't turn the ball over. Now, what the you know in 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 Iowa State's uh, case, you know, they're top thirty-five nationally in turnover percentage. So at least if they're getting a lot of possessions, you know, they're not turning it over at a at a high clip, right? But they're also not a defense that produces a lot of turnovers. All right. Virginia, even though they don't have a defense that produced a lot of turnovers, they're 111th in in, uh, defensive turnover percentage. Uh, Iowa State's 250th. So it's like, all right, Iowa State is is used to playing in a game with more possessions. Right. And they're not used to being able to turn over opponents. So how are they going to make up that difference? It's like almost like politics. You know, if you have a if you have a base that's going to vote for you, if you lose a part of that base, well, then where are you going to make it up? And, like, that's the thing when I am when I look at this matchup. I don't think, like Ferber said, I don't think it's a cakewalk. But I also think that when you look at the numbers, if all things being equal, um, you know, if 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 the status quo remains, I just kind of feel like this is a game that really, really does favor uh, the Cavaliers. What do you guys
2: think? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just, they're a team that can bite you. I mean, they can shoot the three well. Um, yeah, we've seen all year that, you know, look, I don't know of a defense that can defend a good three-pointing shoot, shoot, a good three-point shooting team that that's hot. Um, if that defense exists. I'd like to know about it. Um, but yeah, I think the the job for Virginia is to so, you know, is to contest those three-point shots, and they're gonna hit some. Um, but yeah, I kind of like our matchups. I mean, a lot of the talk on the board has been, how are you gonna match up in the Yang? You know, is are you gonna go four guards or or whatever it might be? And the more tape, you know. I mean, I've watched him play some this year, but I watched a bunch of, a bunch of, um, I wouldn't say film, whatever YouTube could give me today on, <laughs> on him this year. And he he's a he shoots the three well, but like he only makes he average, he makes one point five per game, which is less than London and Malcolm. So he's not a high volume three point shooter. He's got the ability, um, but he uses that to his advantage. He wants you to run out run out to the three point line so he can drive to the basket. So um, Yeah, I I think we can defend that pretty well. I'm more worried about, you know, how we we handle the two guards, um, you know, getting, getting looks as, you know, I guess, our guess, my guess is we're going to want him to drop the ball. So if he draws, there's going to be some reaction and some kicks. So it's going to be, you know, covering that weak side guy. Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, look, we've done it this year. It's... uh, all in all, if you had told me you know we've got Iowa State as the team to get to the Elite Eight, I'd have been pretty happy about it. And I, nothing I saw this weekend. I mean, keep in mind they played the 13 and the 12 seed so to be here. Um, so I don't know if that helps them or hurts them, but it is what it is.
1: Right, right. For what do you think?
0: Agreed. Um, I, I think going into the. I mean. I, you know going into the tournament and I thought that Purdue was the matchup that you didn't want to see uh, I mean, obviously I think you'd rather play Little Rock than Iowa State, but um, But Little Rock's not that bad. So true um, Yeah, I mean, I think it's okay. I mean, Iowa State's a tough team I mean, they kind of been in a similar position to UVA over the last few years uh, As far as you know, getting to a certain point and not being able to really break through in the tournament So it's kind of a battle of, of those two Uh, to see how that goes and it actually could set up a real battle in in the next round with mark few trying to reach his first final four um and tony bennett obviously trying to reach his but i mean i guess if you told me going into the tournament that this was going to be the matchup i wouldn't have been i don't know i mean i I have a lot of respect for this team i mean i think they have a lot of good players i think they're going to have a little bit of a home court advantage but overall i mean i don't think it's a matchup that it doesn't Feel the same as it did when they played Michigan State two years ago Or last year even So that's kind of where I am with it
1: Yeah that's a good point and I think we should probably touch on um, Just the you know We kind of a vaguely re- reference this But like it's a it's kind of Crazy how much this team really Relies on five dudes I mean Like if you How do I I don't know how to explain this In layman's terms but like It, it Kim Palm tracks the most frequent Lineups over the past five games okay now, Iowa State starters have played 54.7% of those minutes. Okay? Now, to put that in context, Virginia's starters have played 294 So, like, basically what they, what Iowa State does is they, ba- they get the starters, all right, plus Deontay Burton, all right, and Hallis Cook plays some. Otherwise, it's those dudes. That's it. Like, that's the list. Um, and that's just fascinating to me. Because we talk about contrasting styles, you know, teams that want to go fast, teams that don't care. I want, I would rather go slow. But like, this is the bigger one, which is, can this, can you really beat Virginia playing at Virginia's pace? Because let's be honest, that's what's going to happen. If it's, if it's not Virginia's pace, it's going to be just a tick above. It's definitely not going to be at Iowa State's. Can you play at that, at that pace and grind the way that Virginia's going to make them grind with essentially seven dudes? Like, and I'm, I'm listen. I don't mean any disrespect here. I'm not you know, I'm not, I don't mean to be throwing shade, but like, we're not talking about Duke seven dudes, you know, none of these kids is Brandon Ingram going to go supernova on you, you know what I mean, none of these kids is Grayson Allen, like, Matt Thomas, good shooter, you know, Uh Abdel Nader, um, Monty Morris, they're good players, like, don't get me wrong, but like, and Yang is a good player, don't get me wrong, but like, they're not like, top, you know, 15 in the draft good, you know what I'm saying, and like, I just, I don't know, man. I'm just going to have to see it to believe it. I, I just, I really, that's the piece to me yeah. is like, when you, we, I mean, yeah. all the teams in the country you want to play with seven dudes, you, I don't think Virginia's anywhere close to on the list.
2: Yeah, no, it's like when, you know, we're talking about in the end earlier, it's, he, he doesn't have the athleticism. He, look, he's a very crafty ball player. He knows how to score the ball, but he doesn't have the athleticism to, you know, to get a step by you and be gone. Um, he's savvy and. You know, I think we've got time to react even after he gets by. So I kind of like what we do against him. It's it's the three point shooting that you can and recovery that, that concerns me. But you know this is a um, this game today is is why you play teams that, that play different styles in you're out of conference. I mean, I mean this not today. This game this game against Iowa State um, very similar. You know, very similar to what George Washington did. Very similar to what. No- Villanova does stuff that we wouldn't see in the ACC, except for maybe, you know, Week 4 does some of that. Paulson um, College, to some extent. But it's, you know, it's where that out of conference schedule, and, the, you know, granted, one of them was a loss. That's why you do it, because you've seen it. You've, I mean, that's where that four guard lineup kind of came out. Clemson kind of helped us, but playing all those different styles. Is certainly a a wonderful tool to be able to draw from, and I'm I'm guessing that's a lot of what we'll be falling back on um, on Friday night.
1: So I don't want to <laughs> go uh, I don't want to go full on picking the game. Um, what let Ferber give me give me like one nugget, one key to the game that we haven't kind of touched on, maybe um, that you're looking at.
0: Uh, free throws. All so- right, that's fair. So Iowa State doesn't really shoot – they're, like, last in the country in free throws. So, I mean, that's one of those games – it's one of those things where you don't want to give them a chance to do better than they normally do. Right, that's a good point. In that way. So, like, if you have a game where it's kind of a little bit ticky-tack, they might be able to take advantage of that. I'm not saying they're bad free throw shooters. What I'm saying is they don't take a lot of them. So if they get a lot of free throws, that might help them kind of keep the pace – um, even if they don't make the most of every offensive possession, I think that would be a big key
1: Yeah, that's a good point. One. Uh, that's one. I hadn't thought about
0: the more. Jamie lucky
2: factor so <laughs>
1: <kidding laughs> There's I didn't say any names they're 349th in the country in in free throws uh, Attempted per you know the ratio to,
0: to field goals attempted and I think there's 368
1: teams. Yeah, Virginia's 289th. So even though Virginia's not a team that gets to the line much <laughs> I State say really doesn't get to the line much now you're talking about six free throws there, you know, or six uh, points there between the two of them. But that's a good point, and that's a that's an interesting angle because you're right. It's like if you're going to be playing, it, your offense is going to be playing at a much slower pace, so you're not going to get nearly as many opportunities. You're going to have to try to make up those points somewhere. Um, I, I think you're right. If this if this game is officiated anything like the early games of the tournament have been <laughs> officiated, then it really does, I think, really favor the Cavaliers in a, in a significant way. What about you, Dave? Anything else um, in terms of the, um, you know, factors that could be – fa- things that could be a factor in this game that we haven't touched on?
2: Um, Six-day layoff. I mean, it's, uh Virginia hasn't exactly <laughs> burned the – you know, the barn doors down after extended layoff in their first game back, back. And, you know, Iowa State's kind of team, you know, they, you know Virginia's kind of had a history of, of starting games slow. I think that could be very dangerous if, you know, offensively, especially if you're not matching them, because I think Iowa State's going to come out fired up.
1: Um, See, and I would almost – We're, we're I would playing almost on the road,
2: so you don't want to – you right, don't to build any confidence.
1: I almost would look at that the opposite way, which is if if I'm the if I'm playing the team that that relies on getting up and down and rhythm and 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 that kind of thing, I would think that the layoff would would actually hurt them more. But you're right, Virginia has had a tendency uh, at times. I, I think that I think part of that is different in this game because one, Iowa State is a good team. It's not like they're playing you know somebody who upset somebody who upset somebody. Um, but then two, I think I think the angle of of this game being in Chicago will be interesting. Um, that was kind of my, I was kind of hoping you guys wouldn't touch that nugget, but oh, that that no you 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 didn't you just kind of breeze past it, <laughs> um, but I, I think that's going to be interesting because it will definitely give I mean look let's be honest let's call it spade a spade Virginia has not played typically all that great in big situations when they are expected to win like Virginia does better when like people are doubting them and such like this is a perfect example of that like they're going to go in as a one seed and yet it's going to feel like a road game. Uh, I think. Now, that's not to say that there won't be some Virginia fans there, but I do think that there's going to be a fairly significant uh, advantage and t- or, I guess, um, majority of them will be... Um will be Iowa State fans. And so I think that that aspect of it could actually be a huge a huge plus for the Cavaliers because they can carry that, you know, us versus the world and like there's nothing stronger in sports than nobody like nobody nobody gives us a shot. They're going to be a one seed that's going to go into a game feeling like as if they might be in somebody else's house as the underdog. And that's that you just can't find that, you know, all that often. Um, now, it, you know if they if they both teams had made it there, and you're talking about it was Michigan State. Well, then yeah, it would have been there. Um, but that I think that aspect of this could be could be particularly interesting, especially considering that this does kind of feel like the game to go to the Final Four. No, no disrespect to um, Syracuse, um, who I kind of I don't know I, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of feel like uh, like Syracuse is gonna uh, is gonna win that other game. I mean, maybe we can, maybe we can debate Gonzaga or Syracuse. I kind of, I don't know. I just, I kind of like Syracuse in that matchup, but whatever. Um, So you could have a replay. Vegas
2: disagrees. No,
1: that's fine. As do I. (laughs) That's fine.
2: Vegas disagrees almost as much as they disagree. Kim Palm has it as a a
1: two-point game, so whatever. Um, But I kind of, I don't know. I've seen Malachi Richardson and and Michael Benajay get going. um, And uh, I'm just saying. So... To me, but I mean, listen, You're gonna have two. You're gonna have two double double digit seeds. Um. Either you're gonna have, you know, that's the matchup either way. So it it does kind of feel like this game is the is the game to get there. Um. I don't know. I just I the experience level that it took for Virginia to continue to be good offensively Saturday night, even though the defense was really kind of letting them down. I think is is significant, and that's that's kind of the the reason why I'm kind of high on Virginia winning this matchup and getting us all to Houston in a couple of weeks, which I'm sure like somebody just cursed me cause you're not supposed to like talk about positive things this time of year. You're supposed to like pretend like none of it's possible. Um, I saw somebody on Twitter today say something about like UVA had sent out like, uh, you know, reservation or how to get your final f- reserve, your final four tickets and also hotel information. <laughs> and that's like, well, <laughs> isn't that like the announcer's kiss of death? Um, <laughs> but it should be should be interesting um i think that's a i think it's a good place to, to put a pin in it um we'll obviously have either a recap podcast or a season ending podcast next week
2: or the you know, or the greatest podcast ever next week Imagine we, get, we might get to talk about going to the final four. We've never done that on the podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would be a new one. <laughs> the, the sheer joy and and slash terror in Dave's voice right there is just priceless to me. Like he was so excited to say that out loud, and he was so so scared to say that out loud. It was oh, that, that made my night. That made read it perfectly, nine. my friend. Can we have nice things? We will see. <laughs> Can we have nice things? That we will see. Um, but yeah, I want to want to uh, thank everybody out there for continuing to support the podcast. Um, for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.